0: welcome back. Part two of CDK. (laughs) Hi, how are you? It was very interesting hearing some of the beginnings of CDK and how that spread uh, through Amazon, your hand in it, your, your way of thinking. And we left off on... Uh, you know, as we start to create a programmable cloud, what that means in keeping pace with the innovation at AWS and what did the feedback look like and what did the community look like uh, when you released this as open source for people to start using?
1: Yeah, so definitely the, this challenge of like keeping up with AWS has been something, has been on, my, on, on our mind from day one of
0: the project
1: uh, because we took a pretty ambitious goal, like, we could have said, let's not abstract away th- these APIs. Right. You know, like we, could, we could have offered CDK as a way to generate cloud formation, in a sense. right? Uh, in, in CDK terminology, basically leave it at L1, so that right. you could like use the cloud formation resources, and then customers can build higher level abstractions through constructs and everything, but still use the low level resources. And... But, but we felt that that's not good enough, right? Like we felt that the the, the actual problem that we're trying to solve is not, it's hard to generate CloudFormation or to write CloudFormation. That's, that's a secondary thing. And I think, you know, it's related to like JSON and other, you know, like the, the syntax, syntactic aspects. Right. But the, the problem that we, we are trying to solve and we're still there totally is that AWS is hard. <laughs> And we're trying to simplify using AWS. That is that is the goal, right? right. Um and, and, in, and in that sense, you know, leaving it at the lower level is not good enough because we know that there's so much undifferentiated heavy lifting that we can do for customers. You know, the VPC example from the last episode is one, but there are literally dozens and dozens of examples, you know, take you want to connect a lambda function to an SQS queue so you need to define the lambda function define the queue define the queue policy change the policy of the lambda function add the event source all of those pieces can be expressed in a single API call like a really simple right. straightforward intent based like we like to think about it and so you know and those and and, and that layer implementing that layer offering that level of simplicity requires humans it's not something that the service can can tell us to do, right? Like there's right. And, and before the CDK, the way AWS basically offered that information is through documentation. You would go to the Lambda documentation, say, okay, how do I connect it to an SQS queue? Okay, so step one, create the Lambda function. Step two, edit the queue policy and add this line to the queue policy. Step three, add the event source, to, right? Right. And so. Uh, well, we we used to think about the L two layer as kind of like implementing all of AWS's documentation as code, as right. reusable code. And I remember, you know, when we started, when we just started, and we wrote like the kind of like the foundational services like S three and Lambda and EC two and and we spent sometimes you know days just like following documentation and, implement and thinking about what would be the right API and looking how the console is expressing it and spending all that time. And I remember we had that mantra that says, you know, every line of code rewrite is multiplied by the number of customers who are actually trying to do this. Right. So it's worth all that time. It's worth all that energy because that's the last time someone actually needs to think about this, how to, you know, connect these two things together, how to implement this uh, use case or, um, and we're still doing that. But, but as, as I said earlier, it's definitely been on our mind from day one, this challenge. And I think, you know, I don't know that we really solved it completely, to be honest, right? Like it's, it's actually a big problem. Uh, you know, keeping up with AWS and, and keeping up with right. the, the the rate of uh, of innovation, but we do we did do a few things. One of them was what we call escape hatches, and that's actually something that that comes back in all of the CDKs. You know, maybe we'll talk about other CDKs in the future, but um, it's 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 really important to make sure that the person who's using the who are who is using your abstraction has the ability to open the hood and tweak the underlying thing. And, and you know, right. we've had that in software since, since the days of the ASM pragma in C, right? Where you could right. just, like, say, oh, I want to just, like, inject these assembly code into this function. Um, and that's exactly what, you know, escape patches in the CDK are, are the ability to basically just, like, escape the abstraction. And in that sense, like, we're never blocking anyone, right? Like, if you want to use a feature that's not supported at the higher level, you could always... Inject your change directly to the CloudFormation. You could use cl- cl- you could use custom resources, uh, and it's it's really easy to, to use custom resources in the CDK in order to like actually run code during deployment. Uh, or you could use the L1 layer. You can use the lower level resources, and so in that sense, and all of the all of that stuff is always available and is always updated automatically with the growth of AWS. So like the lower levels of the CDK are keeping up with AWS by definition in a sense and then the higher levels you know the L2s um, we definitely have we definitely have a growing team and you know we're investing more and more in you know in that in these layers uh, right. we also see that it's not one size fits all type prioritization. You know, some some services are more foundational, and there are more users who use them. Some some are less. It's not you know, despite the fact that AWS you know look you know talks about all of the portfolio. Obviously, not all services are created equal in a sense, right? Like it's a stack of abstractions. And, and some are, are lower level in the stack, some are higher level in the stack. And so we're definitely trying to make sure that the foundational services, the ones that are used by most of our customers are have better coverage or, or are, nice. you know, we prioritize them naturally because we see that, you know, more customers need them. Um, and we, we really try to use a lot of data from customers, you know, through GitHub uh, star, is uh, GitHub uh, plus ones. And yep. confidence and you know, like try to like basically improve our prioritization model so it's like based on data. Um, and the last part, which is something that we are still, I feel, we still don't do as good as we can, is work with the community and uh, and you know bring in code from you know work with the community and and, and be able to bring in code from contributions. CDK is by right. far the most contributed AWS AWS open source project. Um, so it, we're, I feel like we're in a pretty good spot in a sense, but uh, I feel like we're not as proactive or intentional about it as we should be, uh, or we right. can be. Um, so it's definitely it's definitely early days in that sense. I feel like uh, I think we can do much more with the community than we're doing today, and you know, leverage people's needs. You know, if I'm if I need some feature from S3 that's still not supported by the CDK. And I'm a developer, and I feel comfortable. We should make it as easy as possible for you to like contribute that, and and you know, fast as possible for us to be able to like merge it in and release it.
0: Um, what's interesting about that is you see a lot of the updates are coming from the community. A lot of the pull were you know pull requests for features, and to be able to go through that history and see everything that's going on, it really is. Uh, I think it's a good example of an AWS open source project with uh, a very involved, passionate. Uh, community. Does the CDK team, and you mentioned it's growing a bit, does the CDK team look at um, like moving forward when there's a new AWS service? What I would always hear is where's the cloud formation template, right? And we didn't always have uh, that ready at launch. Has the CDK team looked at that and said, you know, we need to, whenever we launch a service, is is there an expectation now that there needs to be um, the ability to, to programmatically access that through the CDK? Or do we look to the community for those type of things? How is your, where's your mind around that as, as we move forward, and we start to iterate and have new services out there?
1: Um, I think it's not one size fits all. Um, I can give right. you an example. Um, Lambda released uh, container support um, back last year, I think. And... Right we know and the lambda team knows that cdk is a very popular way for for lambda customers to mm-hmm. use lambda and, right. and so that was a very natural situation where they reached out and they were like hey we're releasing this feature soon and we actually spent some time with them and like prepping that feature before it was launched and you know basically have have cdk support from day 1 for that feature other services as I said, I think like it's an organic process. I think that's one of the things that I really love about about this project and generally about Amazon. Um, it, there's no dogma, right? It's more, it's it's the, the, it, we. It's very like there. There's this embracement of like the organic flow of so, of how in, you know technology is growing and changing, and customers are right. shaping it. And it's 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 at the essence of how Amazon thinks about things, and it's it's at the essence of how we build the CDK. And so I think about the CDK sometimes as this organism. Um, yeah, it's not the word dictating what it will be, right? Like it's our customers dictating what it'll be, and we just need to listen, which is not always easy. And it's all we sometimes deaf, and we you know we're sometimes not really like not you know what I'm saying. We're sometimes not really. Uh, accurate about what we hear but it but it's mostly about being able to like s- understand where things are going and what what our customers need uh, and reacting quickly which i think is another thing that's pretty interesting with this project uh, where we release a lot we release almost once a week or or even more and we want to release yeah. more than once a week um, and i think it's a pretty unique situation with such a big pro- big li- client side library, right? Like it's not, it's not a very common, uh, model.
0: I agree. Especially when I was ramping up on it, I was in the middle of like getting my head around things and there would be like release, 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 release. And then I was like, Oh, I didn't need to even waste time on that because now, now it's fixed. <laughs> yeah. Um, what about tooling? Like what about things like progen, which we didn't even uh, talk about?
1: Um, so uh, what, happened in, what happened in the past couple of years is that as we released the CDK, we started to see that this, this approach can be applied to, to other domains, the same approach. Um, and, and, you know, if you think about it, what happened in the past, I guess, 10, 15 years in the software industry, um, many software systems kind of work heavily in this desired state model. Where you right. define a uh, user configures create a configuration file or some kind of a definition of how I want the system to behave, and and then it feeds it into the system and the system you know behaves in that sense right. You can think about AWS CloudFormation as a desired state system. Uh, Kubernetes is a, one of the more you know more popular desired state uh, systems and it's very generic in that sense. So you know the core of Kubernetes is this. Reconciliation, right? Like here's the desired mm-hmm. state, and here's the current state, and we have these controllers that reconcile. And you can also think about tools as working in this model, like the tool chain that you use to, d- to build software, like the compiler or test systems or workflow engines, or you know, all of those tools usually accept some kind of a configuration file. Think about your linter configuration or your uh, package right. JSON file, or right? Like all of those things are, in a sense, the desired state. That's how I want my system to behave. And so what happened in the past couple of years is that we we started basically kind of exploring what would it mean to like create CDKs for new domains. And so we extracted the some of the core technologies of the CDK, like JSII that we talked about last time, and uh, the construct uh, base class, you know, like the programming model, this composable programming model. And then we started building these new CDKs. Uh, we released CDK for Kubernetes, uh, mm-hmm. which is basically a completely separate CDK that synthesizes Kubernetes manifests irre- completely native, right? Like it's not based on right. EKS, it's not dependent on EKS. Uh, we just got accepted to CNCF as a sandbox project, which I'm pretty proud of. I think the first step was on project to get accepted, uh, to get wow. donated. Um, and, uh, hash, we worked with HashiCorp to build CDK for Kubernetes. So kind of like apply this model again, again, and again, and, yep. and one of the latest kind of pet projects of mine was to try to apply this model to the tool chain space or to the software, the development environment space in a sense. Right. Uh, because as a developer, I constantly need to build these developer development environments for, for projects that include dozens of tools right like i need to configure all these tools together to like create some flows for development for building for testing for releasing uh and it gets pretty hairy i don't know if i'm sure you you have experience with that as you know industries growing and there's more and more tools and more and, and all those tools and if you think about it, it's a very similar problem to what we had with aws right like we had these like dozens or you know over 150 different building blocks and you actually want to achieve bigger things with them. So you need to be able to create abstractions, right? And so it goes back to the same kind of story of like, what? how do I create abstractions? And I was like, hey, we have this awesome tool called Constructs. Let's try to use that in order to create abstractions for development environments. Yeah. And, and so this is Progen in a sense. It's kind of like a CDK for software projects. And it's still it's still a hobby of mine. It's still not like right. officially supported AWS thing, um, but it, but it is pretty popular. And um, I use we use it every day with the CDK team. You know we maintain dozens of different projects, and we use Progen across the board for them to like maintain all our build uh, set configuration and release management across multiple program multiple package managers and GitHub workflows and. So it's
0: pretty, pretty fun to work with that. I love it. I uh, so like my first couple of weeks at AWS. I had fellow team members. Everybody had their own build scripts for dev environments. Like even Cloud Nine, it was like, all right, once you get this, like run this, and it'll set all these other things up. And it's like, so it's never, it was never like out of the box, right? There was all this is just developers, right? It's like, are these are all the things I've found that I can be way more productive. And in essence, it's like taking that process and abstracting a little bit. So it's not all these like one-off build scripts. It's actually a way to get all of these things together and yeah. be uh, way productive with the developer a lot sooner. Yeah. Um, so we 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 have all these kind of ways of thinking and all of this abstraction, and we've got the community contributing, and we've had all of these different kind of um, you know release cadence where uh, you know sometimes we've got dependencies uh as we go and we iterate through so we have this idea of what does CDK 2.0 look like uh and we've released a beta out there we did a I'll, I'll do a link to the blog post so give me your thoughts on CDK 2.0 where we're at you know what we kind of see the future of this thing to be what's your what's your vision for it what can developers expect what are you what are you thinking about uh when it comes to 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 this release
1: um, so first of all, I think the developer preview is pretty close to what we want the final thing to be. Um, I don't think that you'll... You, like, people shouldn't expect bigger, big changes. Like we, we give it some time to bake what we call sometimes, we, we bake it a little bit um, out in the field to make sure that we didn't miss anything dramatic. Uh, we need some polishing and documentation and, and, you know, other things. But generally speaking, if you look at what we have today in developer preview, is probably what you'll see at the end. And in that sense, it's actually a, not a very exciting release in a sense, uh, intentionally. Um, right. The main problem we tried to solve with CDK 2.0 is the uh, module, modularization problem. Um, CDK 1.0 is released... Via over 180 modules, uh, right. kind of like what we call hyper modular. Uh, and I can go into some background, but you know, maybe we don't have much time for that. But basically, we created our own uh, library hell with that uh, with that uh, with that approach, right? It's like, okay, so what happens if you have ten modules and not all of them are ex- exactly against the same version? Right. And there are some really interesting details of why that doesn't work well, and I can actually give you some links to the RFC. That
0: uh, yeah, what was the initial thinking? Just to the initial
1: the initial thinking was was basically that at the time when we designed the you know when we initially kind of structured the CDK, we took um, we looked at the SDKs. And the SDKs were actually going in oh, the okay. other direction. Like the SDKs were starting as a monolithic module and they started breaking right. up, breaking up. And we were like, yep. well, okay, so we're not going to make that mistake. We're just going to break it up since day one. Uh, right. and after two years, we were like, well, that was actually the wrong direction. <laughs>
0: uh, yeah.
1: Because it's a very different it's a very different type of library. You know, if you think about the SDK, right. they are runtime components. And so code size is really important, especially in web, like the JavaScript uh, SDK or, or in serverless where you really want to download as much, uh, you know, you want the bundle to be as small as possible so you get the, la- the minimal latency, etc. And so the, the constraints are different. And CDK is a build-time tool, right? And so in that sense those constraints are way less important and it's more important right. to actually be able to like create an ecosystem and, and and one of the things that this hypermodular sorry one of the things this hypermodular um situation uh, uh causes is that it's really hard to create cdk libraries because you won't be able to like say what cdk version this library supports right because you have those right. so that's the main problem v2 is trying to solve and intentionally not trying to like change other main major other things remove deprecations and things like that but uh that's it
0: and will we will we still be keeping size in mind uh depending Um, on services that we need or will it be one whole size library
1: one library basically one library. uh we 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 are looking at size there are some Kind of big blocks in there, uh, especially around like we have some lambda layers uh, as part of the Kubernetes uh, library. Uh, sorry about the right. EKS library and the, anyway, some of the modules require some 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 client tools that we're bundling into the library at this. At, at, at gotcha. the, uh, but we're generally we want CDK to be a single library, at least the again the framework.
0: Yeah, I think, and it makes sense from the feedback I've I've seen, and and I'll put a link uh, to the beta for developers to check out, and um, I, I'm excited to see the release. I want to I want to end it with because um, I think it's always interesting. It's, it, just being at Amazon for as long as you have, but also being an engineer at Amazon. What is you know maybe maybe one or two, or maybe it's just the biggest lesson learned. Um, you know when you look back on your career at Amazon. Uh, that you can leave us with as a developer.
1: Um, I'd say that follow your passion. it sounds it sounds stupid, I, I think maybe, but no. do, like follow your passion and wait for the right time for things to mature and to be right to align. You know, the stars not always align when you want them to. They sometimes align when they align. And then, if you right. follow your passion and you're excited about something and you feel things are at the right alignment, then just go all the way with that. And I think Amazon's an amazing company exactly for that, right? Like it'll 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 celebrate those situations. It'll know to celebrate right. those situations, um, at least in you know in some cases or in ho- hopefully in most cases. Uh, but I think you have to be to be on top of it. Right. Like as a, as an engineer, especially at a company like Amazon, that really, really celebrates people like individual leadership in that sense. Right. It's not expecting everything to come from the top. Um, and so in that sense, I feel like that's been a really, pr- I've, I've had the privilege of like being in that alignment and identifying it and just like pursuing it. But, uh, I know that it's not always the.
0: Yeah, no, I love that. I, um, It's going to be eight years for me uh, coming up at Amazon too. And I had somebody told me one time that I was an, pardon, I was an intrapreneur. (laughs) And I was like, wow, I think that's because it's exactly what you're saying is Amazon's the type of company, if you have that entrepreneurial spirit where you're always questioning why are we doing things this way? And there's a better way to do this. And I actually want to solve a problem. You actually have the resources to create that, to be disruptive within the company itself if that makes sense. And I have yet to see that where there's somebody at Amazon that holds up their hand and says, Nope, customers are using this existing service or API. So you can't create this new cool thing. (laughs) It's always like if you've, and I think CDK is a great story for that. If there's a better way of doing something um, you can kind of get that, that, you know, foundation and it spreads and it gets adopted and it's better for everyone in, in the end. So, yeah, I think, I think you're spot on. I love that. Well, yeah. We're we're out of time. Thank you so much for for coming on the uh, on the podcast. I loved chatting. We can always do future CDK episodes as you know once uh, two point out. I'd love to hear your thoughts, and I'll put all the links up here for um, for everything we talked about. Where can where can people find you online? Um, I think the best way would, would
1: be either Twitter or okay. the CDK Dev Slack workspace.
0: Okay. All cool. right. thank you so much for your time. Cool, David. Thank you. You're welcome.